It's Thursday, October 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Ellen. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager, and from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann. Happy Thursday, guys. Happy Thursday. Hello, Earnings Palooza rolls on, but we got a little bit of housekeeping oh, to do because... Don't on, bring this up. Uh, i got to bring this up because on Tuesday, when the three of us were in this room, one of the companies we talked about was Johnson & Johnson and... Someone on the interweb, some analyst had made some comment about, like, oh, the stock is is approaching breakout range. Which seemed ridiculous. Which seemed ridiculous because this is a stock, I mean, Johnson & Johnson, the stock's basically traded in a range from 61 to 68. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a double candlestick condor... 50 day Iron Cross. Average. <laughs> Iron Cross DMA. And we all we all had a good laugh, but Bill Man, you were the one really I, leading the charge. That's right. That's and, right. I, I plunged the sword in. But uh, yeah, it's, and, and in in the intervening time It's moved. It's actually moved. It's up what? Two percent that day? Seventy two. Seventy two. So it is moved. It's moved five percent in two plus trading days. Right. Which is for Johnson and Johnson. Incredible. Yeah, it's like the sea level rising two feet a day. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk eBay, we're going to talk American Express, but we will start with Verizon. Uh, Verizon's third quarter profits rose 16%, right in line with analyst expectations. Shares up more than 3% this morning. Uh, Bill, uh, I- I'm guessing that selling a couple million iPhone 5s probably helps the business. You know what's interesting is that they only reported selling 650,000 iPhone 5s. They sold a bunch of iPhones. I think it was 2 million. But the iPhone 5, they didn't sell that much of. They had 10 days in their quarter gotcha. in which it was for sale. And that actually hurts their. That actually helps their margins a great deal. I mean, the, the, the carriers sort of get blitzed when the new phones, especially the iPhones, because there's like a $400 subsidy comes out. Mm-hmm. So... I would say, I mean, it was a good quarter. There's a lot of noise there because they're going to be impacted this quarter because so much more of the iPhone 5 sales are going to be in this next quarter. But it was... It was a it was a it was a really good quarter. I mean, their you know earnings were up, their revenues were up. I mean, they you know they 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 there's nothing really that you can that that you can point to and say that it was bad. But there's going to be some of that noise in this next quarter. Does that also mean though that uh, you know if they're selling if they only had ten days in in the quarter that just reported where they're selling iPhone fives? Presumably, uh, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself here, but presumably their next quarter they're they're looking good. They're in. They're at least in good shape. Early yeah, on. but I, well, I mean, perhaps for Apple. I mean, I think the people were very much surprised at that low number that it was only six hundred fifty thousand. Gotcha. What Apple is, excuse me, what Verizon was saying was that it wasn't a demand issue. It was the Apple's, you know, the very well advertised production issues and uh, availability issues. So. The quarter when the the quarter when these new iPhones come out is rarely by rarely I mean never good for <laughs> the carriers because the carriers really get hit on you know on on the bottom line because of the subsidies but you know they they are profitable over time and so uh, the fact that they actually the thing that I think was really interesting was how many of the fours and four S's that they sold they put a bunch of those out and and fifty three percent of the phones that they have out there are, are smartphones now so that bodes really well and and Verizon's doing some really interesting things with its pricing and so it's really paying off for the company Joe when you look at um, a stock chart of Verizon sort of overlaid with AT and T they really seem to move in sync with one another. And we had talked uh, previously about 
uh, Sprint, Nextel, and the uh, the move by SoftBank to acquire controlling stake uh, stake in in Sprint, Nextel. And yet, when I look at Verizon and AT&T, it just seems like one of those things where I just look at it, and I don't own shares of either, but I look at these companies and think, gosh, if I was ever going to invest in a wireless company, I would be picking from those two. I don't know why anyone would be looking at any other wireless carrier, because it just seems like these these two are just so dominant. Yeah. Well, Bill probably has a lot more to add about the international side of that. But one backdoor way to play Verizon Wireless is through Vodafone, which actually owns 45% of Verizon Wireless. The rest is owned by Verizon Communications. And I don't think most investors realize that, but they've done very well on the Vodafone end with that. And Vodafone stock has dramatically underperformed Verizon's, partially because it's huge in Europe as well. And they're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, if you're thinking about getting a play on Verizon, I would definitely look at Vodafone. It's kind of a cheaper way to do it. Yeah. The telecom industry in a lot of countries in this one, you know, this one in particular, I think it's kind of a Lord of the Flies industry (laughs) where you you, you can only... have the conch. That's right. You can only win by taking the conch and, you know, crushing your enemies and so there's 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 not much organic growth left i mean there's still smartphone adoption rates and that's and that's still increasing but yeah i think vodafone is probably a better way to play if you have decided that verizon and specifically verizon wireless is your you know is is what you're interested in and there there are many reasons why that would be the case but you do need to keep in mind that because it's vodafone and because they are everywhere that's you know it, it is uh somewhat muddy in terms of getting exposure to Verizon. You know, an interesting potential long-term tailwind, and this is kind of nerdy and tangential, but I noticed the other day... go right ahead. Go ahead. Go on. So I noticed (laughs) that um, Japanese mobile handset sales have fallen from 52 million in 2007 to 38 million last year, and that was basically around the time where they hit saturation on 3g so basically everyone in japan is walking around with a smartphone at and least we're, one yeah. at least one yeah. and we were cruising in a similar trajectory here uh, we are approaching saturation we're not there yet but as the carriers who are spending a lot of money subsidizing these phones keep showing that out today you know in five years when we might actually cut back on the number of phones we're buying that's a lot less subsidy that at&t and verizon are paying out so yeah it could be a kind of a quiet tailwind on margins yeah i mean the other thing about verizon is that is that verizon is mostly done with their capital expenditures for their the uh the 4g and lte rollout so i think that uh, i think that there's some really promising things there shares of ebay up more than four percent this morning after third quarter profits came in higher than expected and joe uh this is the movie we've been seeing recently with ebay it's not just PayPal that's crushing it. The marketplace division's doing well, too. Yeah, well, PayPal keeps posting, you know, north of 20% growth, adding about a million new users a month, which is a large number. Uh, Where the the excitement really happens, though, is kind of on the marketplace side. This was the third straight quarter where the number of users growing accelerated, which is pretty surprising. And I think it really just cuts to the general strategy there and focus on site improvement. So <laughs> ebay.com has gotten a lot cleaner. It's simpler. It's more searched focused. It's more centered around buying new and fixed price instead of, you know, used auction. And I think that's treated them well. And uh, John, 
Donahoe also talked about CEO who I love, some different changes they've made and the login experience. So as obvious as this sounds, they've shortened the amount of time it takes for you to register on eBay, and they've shortened the number of clicks that you have to make between when you add something to a cart and when you finish the transaction. And so they've seen improvements in conversion at both ends, and I think you're starting to see improvements on the bottom line as a result. You know, that does seem obvious, but as a, as a general consumer... I am stunned whenever I encounter, and it happens more often than it should, I'm stunned whenever I encounter a website where I'm basi- I want to scream at my computer, I'm trying to spend money. I'm Please try- stop me from... <laughs> I'm trying to spend money, and you are making it increasingly difficult. I'm yeah. always blown away when I encounter businesses like that where I just, don't you understand? I'm just trying to spend some money here, and yeah. you're making... Help me help you. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, th- I think that's part of the reason that PayPal has been such a big success and is gaining share on online payments is because it's just a lot quicker and easier to pay. Yeah. And what they've seen consistently is that merchants who use PayPal and other credit card platforms find they get higher conversion rates with PayPal than credit cards because, I mean, I'm sure everyone's done this. You start to enter a credit card, you punch in a number wrong, you can't find it, it's expired, and you end up dropping out of the transaction. But oh. PayPal is so easy that that rarely happens. Yeah. I mean, the thing that happens to me is that uh, is that I can never remember my exact address, like in the Northeast. <laughs> yeah, like the different formats, and so yeah, it is it, it is it is very frustrating. Joe, I think one of the things that 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 I noticed is that there were several analysts who expected that eBay's revenues and earnings would be higher. I mean, it yeah, it, it seemed like it was a good quarter to me. It yeah. seemed like I mean they were. I don't think that there was anything that you you could really complain about. Do, did you see anything in terms of what they were expecting granularly where uh, where they missed? I the only spot that I wasn't impressed with was on PayPal revenue coming in a little lighter than it has mm-hmm. the past couple quarters, but we're still talking about 25% versus 27%. So, yeah. not so, exactly definitely a huge solid. Change. Yeah. And um, you know, elsewhere the GSI deal continues to look like it was just a brilliant acquisition, and yeah. PayPal's still growing very well, and marketplaces has got momentum. So. I think that you can say with eBay, the one of the things that's, that that I did not expect from them, say five six years ago, that that you can that that you can really say is that they have acquired well. Yes, they really yes. have not. And because when they bought when they bought Skype, when they bought uh, PayPal, really people said, "Well, they've overpaid." They they, they yeah, have really paid up for this, yeah. and I think you can, you know, I think they can point now at the scoreboard and say, "Look, we really have done okay with our use of capital for mergers." Yeah. Just to wrap up on the stock, uh, shares of eBay now trading at the highest point in nearly eight years. What do you think of the valuation? I think it's slightly undervalued. I, I wouldn't really? be jumping up and down to buy shares here, but that said, it is my third largest personal holding. So, by virtue of it, well, it's doing pretty well. It right? helps yeah. that it's done well. But yeah, I'm I'm a very happy holder and plan to to own it for a long time. American Express's third quarter revenue rose four percent, just under what analysts were expecting, and shares down nearly three percent this morning. Um, Bill, what, what do you see? Because I mean, it's the the profits were kind of flat. Uh, one of the things that was getting some attention from the media was that uh, that card member spending is slowing down a little bit. Um, I always think first and foremost about the brand. So yeah. American Express just having this very strong brand, and yet when you look at the underlying business, 
um, it, it seems like maybe struggle is too strong a word, but it seems like they are they're doing fine, but that's all they're doing. Yeah, I I I don't want to put too much stock and value into the uh, in, in into what happened this quarter because there are certain there there are certain things that uh, that Amex has been talking about that they've disclosed you know e- either yesterday or in the last uh, in the last few days that I think really point to a company that's firing on all cylinders. I mean they've released a uh, a new store value call, card called uh, the the Bluebird card that I think you know in conjunction with Walmart that I think is going to be a spectacular success for them. Uh, you know, and they they also have done some you know some really good things in other stored value products. I mean, people still th- people in a lot of countries still use travelers checks. I mean, do you remember those? I mean, that was that's don't leave home without them, right? Carl Malden, right? That's how you uh, that's how you accessed money whenever you were outside of your own banking network. And so those are those are actually still used, and they're they they are very very valuable for uh, for for American Express. So I was actually I I wasn't so focusing so much on this quarter, which you know as long term investors we don't tend to do anyway, but some of the things that they were announcing were really interesting to me. Joe, what do you think when you look at American Express, and again, just bringing it back to the stock for a second, um, it is a distant third when you compare it to the performance of Visa and MasterCard. Um, is, is and Discover has been on a tear. Yeah. yeah. But from a, gaining share. from a pretty low base. I mean, That's they, true. <laughs> Discover, that true. Discover had some fun times yeah we're, ago, when yeah. you're the screw up in the family it's, it's easy to gain <laughs> look dad i'm doing better <laughs> all c's <laughs> uh what do you think when you look at american express i think it's a great business and it's a racket iv and it's owned uh, at berkshire hathaway which is one of our favorite holdings and i think they'll continue on it for a long time and i think there's a good reason i think they have a great network an amazingly consistent stream of revenue coming in and like bill was saying they do have a lot of great little i would say kind of side projects that are good extensions of their network and brand that i think are pretty smart overall i'm a, a big big fan i don't think it's super cheap today but that's okay i think it's something that'll compound at a pretty nice rate for a long time great commercials we bill you and i were talking about this before we started taping today do you know me do you know who i am yeah Yeah. starting with the call the carl malden commercials in the 70s (laughs) right up through the whole you know do you you know do you know me yeah. commercials even even the jerry seinfeld and superman i thought that was yeah I thought well you was, know one small thing i noticed looking through the numbers was that the payment transactions or dollar volume flowing through is up about eight percent year over year it's pretty solid they should make a commercial about that yeah. <laughs> i was just gonna say did my <laughs> that's fascinating did my mention jerry seinfeld and superman cue that in, i don't in know what did it <laughs> joe maker bill man guys thanks for being here thanks thanks should Justin. mention that uh Bill, down at uh, Motley Fool Asset Management, has a monthly column that you can sign up for for free. You can just, uh, it's Bill's declarations column. Uh, So if you're looking for more from Bill Mann, go to foolfunds.com. You can sign up for declarations. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Oh, All right, breakout I, range. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to go back to the Lord of the Flies, right? Like, so it, it, sticking with Lord of the Flies, who would you say is the piggy of, of the telecom industry? <laughs> got to be Sprint. Got to be Sprint. Well, yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, you know, it's 
It's rim is really who it is. Poor rim. 